This podcast brought to you by Earthlink. It is Tuesday, February 7th, 2006. I'm Molly Wood, author of CNET's Buzz Report. And I'm Tom Merritt, author of CNET's The Real Deal. Welcome to Buzz Out Loud, CNET's podcast of indeterminate length featuring fabulous producer Veronica. Howdy ho! And on the phone today, a special call-in, a little here to give us a report on Demo 2006, our own Rafe Needleman. 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 Hello. (laughs) How's it going down there, Rafe? You're in Arizona, right? It's good. It's hot. That's, it's Arizona. What do you expect? That's Arizona for you. And, and, the, wi- and the Wi-Fi is not working. Oh, no. Yeah, I saw the rant on the uh, News.com blog about that. Yeah, Dan Turterman was sitting right next to me trying to get online, and I was online, but for, he couldn't get on, and then I got bumped off, and then he wrote an angry blog. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it why doesn't this, uh, the uh, technology work when we're at a tech conference? And it worked well enough for are considered overall. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> so what, really quickly, what is Demo? Demo is um, a twice-yearly conference of new product introductions. These are things that uh, aren't, generally are not out yet, mm-hmm. and they're looking for deals and venture capital and, and funding and stuff like that. And uh, this is where the Palm Pilot was introduced many years ago, and um, a lot of other really interesting products. From so this is, this is like pre-CES. Yeah, right. this is way pre-CES. Yeah. This is and demonstration, it, demo, right? It's like concept yeah. cars. Yeah. <laughs> well, the concept is that everybody gets up on stage, and they have six minutes to stand and deliver, to do the demo. No PowerPoints are allowed. Oh, and wow. so the CEOs get up there in front of an audience of 700 people, journalists, venture capitalists. So it's way more, uh, it's much smaller than CES and much more exclusive. So it's a more convivial atmosphere. You can get more, more done. And there's 68 products here as opposed to 30,000 at CES. So you can get a lot more done, and it's already been highly filtered. I see. So we can put Simon Cowell and Paula Abdul up in front of there and turn it into a reality show. Uh-huh. So um, I see that Tom has found a new pet, he thinks, from I your wa- demo coverage. I want an Ugobi. You, it's a, it's, Ugobi is this new company founded by Caleb Chung, who invented the Furby. But <gasps> now, all these years later, he has uh, invented a new robot pet called the Pleo, P-L-E-O. Oh, Does it work dinosaur? better than the Furby? It, well, the Furby it is a do, dinosaur, yeah. didn't do much, the, but it was very popular because it reacted to people, and it was really clever. The Pleo is about $200, and it's about the size and shape of like a Sony Ibo, except one-tenth the price. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really it moves in a very naturalistic way. Uh, they figured out this how to make motors move the um, the servos and stuff in a, in a, in a way that's much more natural. How do we know it's natural? Yeah, how do you know it's you a dinosaur? Know what a dinosaur demo. Like. I was here. And no, I but you it. don't know. You've never seen a dinosaur. But you know, now that Ibo's gone, there's a gaping hole in the uh, robot as pet, you know, sector. That's true. Dinosaur. So. And this is way <laughs> cheaper than Ibo, yes? Yes. I and see. It, well, this it, one's not a dinosaur. It's designed to react to you and not fall off of tabletops and react to sound and touch and light. And, you know, it's it can't replace your cat, but... It has its benefits. It could eat your cat. It's a dinosaur. <laughs> There's been proven the health benefits. Cat, so I think it'd be pretty fair amount. How much of even it? robot animals. Yes, that's, that's true. true. Uh, how much is it? Two hundred dollars. Oh, that's not bad. Out Christmas this year. Much better than the two thousand dollar Ibo. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. So, what is the other um, most awesome thing that you have seen? There? What's the sweetest thing you've seen so far? What's the sweet? Yeah. What's the sweetest thing you've seen? Well, Ray funny on? you should ask because <laughs> the sweetest thing here by far is the uh, Moo Bella ice cream machine. Okay, first new name needed. I don't want to eat yeah. anything comes out of Moo Bella. Bella sounds like Cruella. Cruella. It's a little too close to the machine. cow for me. Yeah. It, it's the size of a vending machine, and it. Uh, 
all the ingredients are in it, and then you say, I want, you know, uh, vanilla with chocolate sprinkles or uh, M&M mix-ins, and it makes ice cream for you. It doesn't have, it doesn't scoop existing ice cream. Yeah. It makes wow. ice cream in 45 seconds and gives it to you in a little cup, and I had some, and it's oh. really good. Hard scoop, too, not soft serve. Yes, it is no, wow. no here. It's real ice cream. Now that's technology Now they need action. a countertop-sized version. Yes. And so obviously that's, that's meant for like the ice cream shoppy, right? It's not gonna it's not gonna go to your house. Or the Cenet six floor Venditeria. Oh, you know, no. it would fit there. That would be a good idea. Uh-huh. Why don't you bring one back? So Beta we can fight. try it out. Yeah, we need a review unit, right? Absolutely. Um if you don't mind. <laughs> Any anything else super awesome before we have to move on to the news? Uh, super. There's a ton of cool things here. Uh, Sixty-eight. I heard. There's a platform for building virtual worlds. There's a um, you know the <laughs> i the iPhoto albums that iPhoto makes. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's a company here called Blurb, which lets you make any book a cookbook. It turns your blog into a book. Like we need that. But <laughs> it can also it can also turn anything into a, a really cool book for thirty bucks, and it's just thirty beautiful. bucks. It's nothing. Yeah. That is pretty cool. So next year, clearly, we're going to have to go to demo. Absolutely. What we'll the podcast from demo? Awesome. What we could do next year is we podcast from the front of the stage while people are doing their demos. Just you know, cat calls, <laughs> kind of mystery side Your theater product sort sucks. of criticism. Bad name, dude. Bad name. This place, this place is totally podcast friendly. They got audio feeds in the first two rows. It's like being at a dead concert, but no internet. <laughs> but well, no <yeah>. internet. <laughs> Rafe, thank you very much. Pleasure. Uh, well, hopefully, we can have you on after you get back to get a fuller rundown on the demo action. You got it. Okay. Bye. Have a good time. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Meanwhile, Meanwhile. over at Apple. <laughs> over at Apple. Actually, real the quick. Sneaky little oh. devils. You, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I yeah, no. Just, Let's do Apple. Contributing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sneaky little Apple. Sneaky little Apple uh, rolled out a one gigabyte nano without telling anybody. And it's pretty funny because it comes like, you know, the day after the big fake Apple special event thing was all over the web. Oh, yeah. there were, If you uh, are on the CNET forums for Buzz Out Loud Lounge, there was a guy posted a link to the Flickr picture of a of an invite. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's totally Photoshop. Which none of us received. Yeah. yeah no, we I- checked <laughs> around. Nobody here received he goes, it. Is anyone from CNET going? It was totally <laughs> fake. But then without but- an announcement or an invite. They, they roll out a little one, a little stealth, one gigabyte nano. Yeah, and then they lowered the prices on the shuffle to sixty nine and ninety nine. So the one gigabyte shuffle is now ninety nine dollars, but it's still around, which I think is kind of interesting. I think you know they probably got a million of those things sitting in a warehouse somewhere they got to get rid of. So well, our own James Kim actually thinks that it's going to stick around. That the shuffle is not going to go anywhere. It has really? something Does to he do say why? Because he thinks it's a. Um, uh, I'll find out. I disagree with him because. I, yeah. It has something to do with its use for USB. Hold on. I think I'm it's, you know, it. if anything, they might turn it into a different product line. And he thinks it'll be like a one gigabyte um, $50 model that they'll use as a giveaway for Audible or other subscription services. Because right okay. now they're giving it away for Audible. I can see it. In, yeah, I, that makes a little more sense. I can see but... it as a cheapie. Maybe they come out with some some like movie-like things, you know? Maybe. Characters or so and, make it a kid's version, yeah. basically. And he thinks the built-in USB utility is very handy. I'd want one if it was adorable and looked like a cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or a r- dinosaur. <laughs> or a dinosaur. Um, anyway, uh, one gigabyte nano out now costs one hundred and forty nine dollars, which is kind of the price point that they were currently missing. Because you could, you know, because two hundred dollars, it's just psychological. Like people would see two hundred dollars for a nano for two gigs and be like, I don't know. Yeah. So now they have a flash based one gigabyte player. There and you Apple go. is uh, closing in on one billion songs sold billion. on iTunes. They can put the little sign up in front of Cupertino. It says one billion served. Or <laughs> yeah. Also, you know what? Just a quick shout out about the one gigabyte nano. I just want to point out I saw this on the CNET forum 
Thanks to Andy in Tennessee. Oh, good. I know. Good on you, Andy. That's Andy's the, in the know, That man. was the first place that's I saw I'm, it. I mean, that his posting was up there like two seconds after it hit the wires. Yeah, I won't Andy, lie to you. That's where I saw it, too. Nice. Andy. Andy dude, and I read a lot of Mac rumor sites and news yeah. sites. He and, is a, the in-house scooper. Yeah. Good so, on you. Andy, you had the scoop on all of CNET. <laughs> An uh, email from Jason points out that if you want a 20-inch iMac, 10 six gig, 60 gigabyte iPod videos, a $10,000 iTunes gift card, and a full-ride scholarship to a world-renowned music school, all you have to do is download the one billionth song from iTunes. I don't want to have to go to school. <laughs> can, you, can, you, can I take the cash equivalent of a full-ride? I'd also like the cash equivalent of the $10,000 iTunes gift card so I don't have to buy $10,000 worth of totally DRM'd music. Yeah, but you know the hilarious thing is the Cash equivalent of a $10,000 iTunes gift card is probably like 50 cents or something. They, they find some legal way of being like, well, it's actually oh. just the cost of the plastic of the card <laughs> nice. would be the cash equivalent. <laughs> Brutal. Anyway, um, somebody will probably be very excited when they download the one billionth song, which is pretty crazy. That'll make up for the fact that it's DRM'd just for that one song. Hey, speaking of DRM, that's not even a hard segue. That's like the easiest segue ever. Set them up, you knock them down. That's right. So uh, apparently there has been a s- proposed settlement in the lawsuit brought against Sony BMG over the Rootkit CDs. Yeah, this is on SonySuit.com. Uh, it's the latest, uh, what is it? It is a consent motion to modify the settlement agreement and notice forms, which would actually amend the settlement between Sony and the class action lawsuit. Uh, basically, you could get... Uh, downloaded downloaded albums in exchange. You'd you could get, get a replacement CD of the one that has the rootkit or the MediaMax software. Yeah, either totally one. It's totally weird. It's like you would get you'd get a replacement CD and an MP3 download of the same album, and then like some other stuff, like maybe seven dollars and fifty cents. Or <laughs> anyway, it's the latest. Anyway. Uh, I saw it on posted on Boing Boing, and it's the latest development in that. So if it gets accepted, that would become the settlement. But it's right. still proposed at this point. Just want to that keep we you know of up to date, and it probably will be accepted because, as you should know, as I've said many times, class action lawsuits don't get you anywhere. And uh, as soon as I find out if it's settled, I'll just IM you on Gmail chat Aww. from my huh. Gmail account. I, Aren't you I won't even have to launch my IM client. <laughs> this makes me vaguely uncomfortable. Why is that? Oh, I think it's cool. Google uh, has merged Gmail with chat, so you can actually save... chat from your Gmail in your web browser rather than launching the client. And they save all your chat history, which is fine. You can probably delete it yourself. I just don't really... Can't you turn it off? Yeah, I guess. No, yeah, it says... They have an off-the-record option so that no conversation with that person going forward is saved by either party until they choose to go back on the record. But All the right. default is to log it. Well, yeah, so it's but one of those things where you have most... to educate people, like, make sure you go in and turn it off if you don't want it logged. But that's the case yeah. with most chat applications. And I have but they're to usually say, saving them to your hard drive, right. not to somebody right. else's that's, that's, that's server. the difference. Well, yes, that is true. So, But I have to say, if it's also I searchable... Mean, not that I have anything to hide. Like, a searchable but... chat log is... I know that it presents possible risk, but it is a godsend. I mean, it is one of the best things ever. Like, I cannot tell you how often I search my trillion logs for just, so, you know, for phone numbers, for email addresses, for what were we talking about okay. that one day for that. Like, it is just the handiest thing in the universe. And besides, you really have no privacy. Everyone knows that. And also, you have no privacy, so who cares? When um, we come back, we will talk cool. about whether we um, were wrong about email charging. <gasps> Could we have, Molly, have been wrong? <gasps> Again? Find out. <laughs> Do you believe anything is possible? At Earthlink, we do. We believe the same company that delivers your lightning-fast DSL connection can deliver your home phone service and wireless service, too. One company for all your communication needs. Visit earthlink.net and start believing today. Earthlink, we revolve around you. 
I usually teach two or three things, but I felt like that was big enough. Ah, it's huge. <laughs> I don't know where this whole Because it's sweeps week. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently there's a perception a that I am. Very special buzz out loud. <laughs> nice. Apparently there's a perception that either I am always right or I believe that I'm always well, right. Well, no, you are always right. In this case, I think that I maybe have gotten it wrong. Well, I, yeah, and I don't think we got it totally wrong, but what we what we missed, this is the idea that people would start charging fractions of a cent for email delivery. Namely AOL and Yahoo. What we missed is that they wouldn't be putting in a blanket coverage for this. They would actually be prioritizing paid email, which changes the tone of it quite a bit. It does. So email would deliver as normal and could get caught in a spam filter, might be delayed, but... Any email that is paid for would be prioritized. Right. Priority so it's delivered. very similar to the tiered internet that we were talking about. Which, as you probably know, we don't like. Because it is a sort of tiered payment structure that can... And the, the problem with it, the potential problem, is, as usual, the slippery slope argument. So if I am a small domain, I can't afford to pay. Even if the payment isn't that much and I choose not to pay, or I'm just my own personal domain and I want my mail to get through, I may start noticing that my mail does not get through with the same reliability that it used to before this pay system went into effect and before mail prioritization started happening. And so that, I think, definitely is a concern. Tom had a really good point about this earlier, which is that the way they should do it is that that it should be the Microsoft way, actually. I'm still in favor of this. I think Bill Gates proposed this several years back. There should be a centralized system that charges very small, very small amounts Smaller than a quarter of a cent. Uh, maybe maybe even smaller than a, a quarter of a cent for email that is taken care of on a centralized basis. So if you're running your own uh, web server, like, you know, rented, your web host would take care of the cost for you and it mm-hmm. would just be part of your serving. And I guess the only people who would hit then is if you want to set up your own server and run your own domain and do the whole thing, then you'd have to pay which a small I, amount. Which what, I do. But the idea is if you're a spammer and you have to send billions of emails to actually get enough response to make it worth it, which is why they do it. This would cost you too much money to continue. But mm-hmm. if you're a regular person who sends maybe on the order of a thousand emails, it would cost you maybe 50 cents. Right. Over the course of a year. Over the course of a year. So in other words, keeping the cost way down for a normal user. Right. And keeping, but make finding that point where it doesn't hurt even a small business or a large business, but it does stick it to the spammers who are sending billions and billions of emails that I'm in favor of. What's problematic here is that yahoo and aol are just doing it on their own right so and maybe it's good maybe it'll get this sort of plan in place because more people will complain and they'll have to find a way to interoperate but what they're doing here is basically trying to get a bunch of profit and there's no guarantee that necessarily we consumers will reap any benefits from those profits well nothing wrong with profit if there is a benefit to everyone, Instead if it doesn't of, actually right. degrade instead your of you know for example since i do run my own server and my own web hosting I I feel that I potentially could see a negative. Now that's an interesting point. Do you actually run your own server from your house rather than renting it from a web host? Um, we used to run it from our friend's house, uh-huh. <laughs> and but, so but he. But essentially, yeah, no, essentially yeah. we run our own web server. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that and so, so I even a centralized system becomes would be a problem for me. Yeah. Unless unless it was easy to buy in. And so maybe there is some sort of personal exception for for someone who sends less than two thousand messages a year or something like that. Or you know even if it's just like you know what I'm going to have to. Write you a check for a buck at the end of the year. Yeah. That's not a big deal. No, it's really not. It may be annoying, but if it keeps the spam down. 
And I would be willing to do that. But but yes, all of those who emailed us and said, hey, actually, I thought you guys weren't for tiered internet. We're, we're kind of not. And if they were to really implement it in a very tiered system, prioritize delivery away, then yeah, we don't like it, turns out. So, we just don't like people being forced to do stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah. that's what's happening with Microsoft Office users, actually. <laughs> the, uh, the lawsuit against Microsoft Office by a Guatemalan inventor is going to cost the software firm almost $9 million in damages because they are going to have to force everyone who uses Microsoft Office and access packages to upgrade their software to get rid of the offending code. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So I guess it will just be an auto-update kind of thing? They'd have to go install Microsoft Office 2003 Service Pack 2 for any future deployments of Office Professional Edition 2003 and Office Access 2003. And hopefully that is free. Yeah. Hope, um, well, God, yeah, it'll yeah. have to be. There's no way. Yeah, it would have to be. Because they have to get it comply. They have to have compliance. Speaking of Microsoft showing up where you don't want them. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, thank you. An interesting story in the Wall Street Journal today about... Companies trying to kind of overcome the Microsoft OEM thing. Microsoft, it's a, the story says, historically, Microsoft Corp held great sway over the, quote, first boot sequence, as well as other software pre-installed in the factory. Well, now other companies, such as Google, are negotiating with companies like Dell to have their, their software pre-installed before it's shipped. Under the deal being discussed, Google could pay Dell fees approaching $1 billion over three years. $1 billion. billion. The same number as iTunes downloads. So what software would that be? Would that be their software pack of the I, Google Talk? And Maybe. And Google Desktop. Bar and yeah. Desktop Search. And I mean, coming pre-installed with Google Desktop would be pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, whatever. I, I'd rather have that, frankly, than a bunch of the stuff that comes installed on a lot of these packages. Oh, totally. Than those like dumb photo software things. Oh, yeah. And the, yeah. yeah. Even the IBM ThinkPad came installed with way too much IBM stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's IBM stuff that's supposed to help you manage your laptop. I don't use any of it. But, you know, if Google does go ahead and build an office suite and you could buy your Dell PC with either Microsoft Office. The edge office, of the wedge. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Well, in other words, they get really they get cool. in their little uh, their little desktop <laughs> package right now, oh, even right. though they don't have they have the agreement in place. And then when they come out with an office suite, although I think the idea with Google, the rumor is, is that it would be online. It wouldn't actually be installed on your computer. That's true. Yeah, but what I what they're imagining in the in the um, journal story is Google pays a dollar for every PC that ships with the Google toolbar. Okay. Another 75 cents the first time a home computer user taps the service. I can't actually see the Wall Street Journal article because I do not pay for it, nor oh, can I log yes. in. Sorry. I emailed it to you, though. You did. I was mm-hmm. able to read it on the computer that you emailed me, but I can't read it on this computer here in the studio. <laughs> nice. Because that's what's so great about rights management. Yeah. One thing we don't love about the Wall Street Journal, unfortunately. Oh, well. um, although, just as a total tangent, just yesterday I was talking about the Wall Street Journal versus the New York Times, and I have to say... That the Wall Street Journal is a newspaper that is evolving because I am a 30-year-old white female and I find that newspaper to be relevant to me almost every day. So, really? Yep. So kudos to the journal because I used to read it and be like, oh, Good on you, journal. Google to telcos. Who needs you? Yes, this is what we've been waiting to happen. So speaking of the tiered internet approach, mm-hmm. uh, it looks like Google just might take their dark fiber and go play somewhere else. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I.e. telcos. Uh, be careful what you wish for. You want the market to sort out this whole who gets the broadband stuff? Well, Google will. Well, I've noticed in more and more stories that the telcos are falling back to like, oh, no, 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 no. All we mean is video and voice. Mm-hmm. All we mean is video and voice. Like they are, they are starting to etch away. It's no longer like just 
any content or they're search not, results. They're or, not taking that insane yeah, hard line they're where they're like, you're going to have to pay for our stuff and you're not getting it for free. Well, because everybody understands their, their quibble with voice because it's eating into their own other business, right? right. Uh, so I think they're hoping like, but too, it's just, uh, you know, it's just voice just <laughs> and video and, and just voice. A posting by Preston Gralla on his networkingpipeline.com. We need Preston on the show. Sometime. We do need Preston. He's good. He says, uh, Telcos, he's really, he is really fired up about this. He calls it cyber extortion. He writes about it a lot. He just really does not think the Telcos are doing the right thing here. He says, Telcos like AT&T and Verizon have announced their plans to extort money from Google and other sites if those sites want to get adequate bandwidth. But there's some evidence that Google may be planning to bypass the Telcos altogether and roll out its own national broadband service and we got an email from a couple people that said if the telcos went forward this plan they'd just unplug from them yeah and run over something else which they apparently already had an alternative and now they'd have even more of an alternative so google apparently recently posted a help wanted ad for strategic negotiator global infrastructure oh that means like a hatchet man the person they hire will negotiate (laughs) bandwidth and peering deals all over the world we're gonna make you an offer you can't refuse Uh at&t if google had plans to roll out a national broadband service these negotiated deals are exactly how they would do it yeah I know where they can find some tough negotiators. Yeah, you better watch it, SBC. We're going to skip over the Rupert Murdoch story, but basically the gist of it is Rupert Murdoch says he's going to start some satellite. He's going to spend a lot of money on satellite delivery of internet. Blah, blah, blah. Hopefully he can improve it. Good luck. And the iPod video, small time. Uh, yeah, and then he makes a crack at the iPod video. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. It whatever. is small time. It's small screen. That's what it's supposed to be doing, Rupert. Get over it. <laughs> uh, Firefox 2.0 Alpha due out this Friday. Yeah? Yeah, I'll, I'll be in on that. Bang on it. I actually downloaded SeaMonkey as well, which uh, just recently re-released their first 1.0 version. SeaMonkey is the replacement for the Mozilla Suite. If you mm. liked having your email, your web editor, and your browser all in one, uh, huh. Mozilla stopped development on the Mozilla Suite, handed it over to the SeaMonkey project, and they just released 1.0, and it's very nice. I had SeaMonkeys, and they all died. No, this one won't. <laughs> oh, you don't have to might. feed this one. You don't have to put it in salt water. Actually, only one hatched. He lived two weeks and died. <laughs> oh, <it's> so sad. <laughs> Hopefully, SeaMonkey will be around longer than SeaMonkeys. Also, I am planning to, if anybody has tried out um, the new Opera Mobile, Oh, yes. I was, I'm planning to give that a try. You're going to give it a whirl? Mm-hmm. Our opera fans will be very, very glad to hear that. Trio anymore. All right, let's take some voicemails. Uh, we got Jim from Minnesota called in. He was inspired by Molly's experience with the horrible AOL installation. Hi, guys. Uh, I listen to your Buzzcast all the time. Really like it. As a matter of fact, it's one of the decisions I've, uh, one of the things that's helped me make a decision to go into podcasting. Um, I was listening to your show of uh, February 3rd. And uh, you were talking about how horrible um, software installations are now. I know AOL has got to be one of the worst. I think right up there with that is real networks. It's so bad I won't even use it. I, I'll completely shy away from it. But what I wanted to relate to you was uh, a good friend of mine um, had a laptop, and in spite of my constant warnings, decided to go ahead. And, it was a Dell, a Dell, sorry, and he got the uh, free AOL account and despite me saying, don't do it, don't do it, did it anyway, and uh, wound up just having horrible problems. So every time he'd call in, they'd keep telling him to upgrade more uh, to their next uh, service package or something. It just kept going on and on. They had no real definitive answer. So after a total of, and he'd log this, after a total of six hours over a period of days on hold and with tech supports, the last answer he got with them was to tell him that he now had a virus in his, quote, battery electronics, close quote. Um, Apparently, this tech at AOL says to him that he caught a virus that has inhabited the electronics of his Dell battery, 
and that they can't help him. So uh, that's where it is with that. That's that's unbelievable. I can't believe the tech support that they I come from a, a long line of tech support, and uh, it's amazing what they're saying now. But just want to let you guys know uh, how horrible that stuff is. Agree with you 100%, and keep up the good work. Thanks, guys. Oh, um, I forgot the funny part. I'll do that next call. I love how he says, I forgot the funny part. Like the you have a virus in your battery electronic thing is Uh, not the funny part. Well, this is hilarious. This reminds me of when I first installed Windows 98 and I was having difficulty getting the install to finish. Yeah. And I called Microsoft tech support and they told me, yeah, you have a virus. (laughs) I don't have a virus. Like, believe me, dude. I know I don't have a dang virus. And you know what I did? I I just reinstalled <laughs> i uninstalled windows 98 went back to 95 and then reinstalled 98 and it worked the second time you uh-huh. think he could have thought of that you no, showed like that no. virus <laughs> that's right yeah. they just made I uninstalled it up. the virus apparently you probably did that's what happened <laughs> yeah but this is the uh, virus in your battery that's awesome what is kind that of virus would that be possible maybe it's a human virus <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe aol is the virus maybe it's rubella Oh or gosh. a rhinovirus, but I don't think that would affect your AOL. That's fabulous. We but the best got... part is he did call back and he's like, I, I, okay, I need to tell you the funny part. And then he didn't get to the funny part. Because that is either. the funny part. That's so Jim, we want to know the funny part, even if you have to email it to us. <laughs> we, uh, speaking of emails, we got an email from Todd in Oh no, Boston. we have one more uh, phone We have call. another voicemail. Remember? Oh my goodness, how could I forget? Yes, take a listen. Molly, I remember a few weeks ago. You mentioned audiobooks and either you or Veronica brought up the books read by a text-to-speech engine. While I agree, many text-to-speech products are really lacking. I have to say that there are a few that are exceptional. The AT&T Natural Voices text-to-speech engine and the Neo speech engines are great. For instance, I am not a real human being, but the Paul voice for the Neo speech engine. I am sure you realized it, but would you be bothered if I read you a book? It's been over 20 years since a computer first asked Matthew Broderick shall we play a game? Text-to-speech has really come a long way since then. He's not even human. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's pretty good. It actually kind of sounds, sounds pretty good. Stephen Hawking-ish. Our it does. audience is far-reaching. It's actually, it sounds actually a little less Stephen Hawking-ish than Stephen Hawking. Yeah, it does. Kind of, it's very impressive. I don't know if I could listen to a whole audiobook, but it definitely shows that like it's really close. The technology right. is coming far. It will be the tour. The touring coming test. far enough that it can call us and leave us a voicemail. <laughs> totally. Soon the Turing test will not be that you have like an IM conversation with but the a machine, voice but a voice conversation. conversation. Yeah. Creepy. <laughs> all right. Wait. What's a, what's our email that you're all excited about? Um, Todd in Boston wrote in to say that I Boston. am not crazy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Go Boston. Vis a vis. This is about the Super Bowl audio where I was listening to it on. Through the HD feed, Todd, you're a psychiatrist. Okay, don't and don't say she's not crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm you can. Crazy. You can say maybe she was correct about it, but don't say she wasn't crazy. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> go crazy. He says that in their listening, also on a surround sound um, system on the HD channel, the audio for the music was definitely messed up. Almost couldn't hear Mick Jagger at all. And this is exactly what we experienced, where which was all that you could hear in the rear surround speakers was the crowd. The best part about this is that I, on my crappy speakers that come with the tv yeah. sounded great i know sounded fine so he if says, you tried to listen to it well you couldn't get it right todd said when we changed to the normal low def tv station so that my receiver was doing the surround sound processing from a two-channel source that sounded a lot better nice work guys thanks uh, todd i didn't think i was crazy <laughs> whatever veronica says imagining things <laughs> What's the email from Daniel? Daniel responding to our uh, gaming discussion yesterday about how that only gamers play games. Yeah, this is really interesting. I can't believe I forgot to mention this because I've heard a lot about it lately. He says, uh, Daniel, I 
was listening to yesterday's podcast in which you guys were speaking about the problem in the gaming industry, um, which they're having with regards to hardcore gamers. And he says, I feel that gamers are just becoming so the games are becoming so regurgitated that there's no more interest in them. And so it's not even necessarily just about not being able to grow the business. It's that the hardcore gamers are like, seriously, Tomb Raider again. Yeah, it's very true. I think Um, a lot of people have been trying to keep their eyes out for more innovative games, games that aren't like same slasher first person shooter type of deal all the time. There's a new um, M4 coming out called seed, for example, Mm -hmm. that's kind of like Warcraft and just the fact that it's massively multiplayer, but it's like a like a world building game, and you don't actually fight anything or kill anything. You just work together with people. So that's you know that's kind of different and new. And I wonder if Imporgs actually kind of decrease the amount of games you buy because it's so immersive and it's such, got such a long playability right. yeah, that you just be. get into it. You don't have time. I haven't for other bought things. a new game since I started playing Warcraft. That could be part of it too. Yeah, that's very true. Um, anyway, that was a good point and one we should not have missed. So thanks, Daniel. Email from George in Palestine who says that the major problem he has with IE7, that's the beta, the free beta of the new Internet Explorer, is that it won't allow him to install Microsoft Money 2005. (laughs) It it tells him he needs to install IE6 for it to work. Then it checks and says, oh, uh, you have a newer (laughs) version than IE6 and then won't install. Nice. (laughs) Nice. If anyone can corroborate. Well, to Microsoft Money 2005, that's like living in the future. (laughs) <laughs> you can't I, can't I don't live in the future no I can't do that I don't know anything about the money of the future <laughs> <laughs> alright Frapper shout out to Doc in the Scott Air Force Base in Southern Illinois who just says in his Frapper shout out okay now I'm addicted awesome um, speaking of addicted I have just discovered valleywag.com oh, yeah, yeah me too new blog from the Gawker media uh, people the people that started Gizmodo yeah Joy Daniels here at CNET uh, tipped me off to this last week I wanted to give props to one her one of our marketing people that's yeah. perfect she's actually. been out she's there just she's the type to be looking in. at this um, some of it's a little bit inside but I was happy to note that we made Valley Wag tech, the buzz out loud is listed as a tech podcast it's that is just not 10 minutes what can you screw up in 10 minutes <laughs> well you can screw a lot up in uh, 30 in minutes the yeah. first 10 Apparently. minutes yeah. <laughs> our listeners will inform you and cool, though, it's cool that he considers us not boring and, and hasn't even heard it and coincidentally, he may, in fact, live on the same block as I do. Oh, really? Yeah, they talk about where he lives in the Start article. knocking down the doors. Yeah. Anyway, it's a it's silicon... Like, good things! It's a, it's a <laughs> gossip rag about Silicon Valley, like, strictly about Silicon Valley. So there's sort of stuff about, like, Larry Page's love life. Oh, yeah, that's really... It's, it's total <laughs> it's gossip. Funny, yeah. oh, it's really There was an funny. interesting video on there of, of the entire commute from downtown San Francisco to, to Apple, yeah. but fast-forwarded, so it only took a minute and a half. It made me super carsick. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, oh, God. I, lo- I was looking I at look it like... I drive like that guy. <laughs> I was you know, like following the pattern. I'm like, that's exactly what I would do. I would stay in that, and then I'd go lie on that. Guy. So you get up to too too close to people and tailgate them too much right before it you go around them because like I hate that. that in the video. That's not what he's doing. Coming up tomorrow on the show on the podcast, uh, our bonus interview podcast with Shelby Bonnie. He is the CEO of CNET. This is based on the requests that we ask. Yes. So for. we. Also have a forum posting about um, questions you might like for us to ask him. And this will probably be our last podcast ever. Yeah. (laughs) Because he'll fire us all. And we're going to get fired. (laughs) Tell us what you want to hear and we'll ask him and then we'll get the boot and it'll be great. (laughs) All right. So that's a special podcast tomorrow. And if you want to join in on the show, uh, by all means, you can post questions for Shelby or just all kinds of other things in our forums, forums forums.cnet.com. Look for the Buzz Out Loud Lounge. Also call 1-800-616-CNET to leave us a voicemail. Or if you like that electronic mail type of thing, you can just email us. The address is buzz, the at symbol, and cnet.com. Bye-bye.